podcast guys yes uh sorry that we missed you last week i hope you missed us too what did you do on your summer break me this summer yeah whatever okay. i mean i was talking to the listeners but it's fine what you did can i say. do this summer yeah this summer to me was defined as the one hump heart summer i'm pretty mm. sure i did a one-man show in the hollywood fringe festival and uh that feels like the most significant event of my summer break not that summer is as meaningful to me as it was when i was a child and it meant the lack of school mm. um but it's still an important milestone of the year and something that i look forward to as i feel it approaching how about you yeah great wow that was a hell of a succinct answer thanks um <laughs> okay my summer break uh what has my summer break been defined by um not very succinct not so far really much could, yeah could be succinct there you asked the question you had plenty of time to prepare while i was talking but and i talk to you i listen and then Ooh, i have to think shots fired <laughs> <laughs> i'm not just sitting here looking into your eyes preparing okay. what i'm gonna say while i'm listening i'm judging you that's what Clearly, I'm doing by Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> it's think, palpable. Am I holding good space for you right now, or am I kind of fucking that up? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's all good, but I'd really like to just yeah. rem- remove myself from the pressure of having to come up with a good answer on sure. summer break. It's like when you come back from school, and it's like, what did you do over the summer? And everyone's like, uh, uh, was it good enough? Did I do enough? Did I get enough done? Did I enjoy myself mm-hmm. enough? I'm right. like, I don't know. I ask a lot of people how they spent their weekends on Sunday mm-hmm. nights. And very rarely does anyone have an answer. I think it's a lack of confidence that whatever they say will be interesting right. enough. So they always right. say nothing. Mm-hmm. Just worked. Yeah. Nothing. Work. Well, I don't even know what you do. What's your job? <laughs> What's work for you? you know? Yeah, there's literally no information in that answer. Yeah. I, I want to communicate the subtext directly and be like, just tell me something specific about you that we can talk about. <laughs> I don't really care what you did this weekend. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. I, I always try to when like you, steal right past that. Like yeah. when, when you're online dating, for example, yeah. I do not want to tell you, what do I do for fun? Where do I want to travel? What did I do this weekend? How's my Wednesday been? I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. I want to be like, what are you thinking about? What's your biggest goal? Like, what don't you like about yourself? What do you like about yourself? Like, I want to talk about something real. Yeah. I don't want to just like list off events that i have to then be like is this okay yeah is this sufficient what's your most recent challenge that's there's one that uh, gets to like Mm -hmm. what do you dislike about yourself without being so pointed and potentially uh getting triggering a person's insecurities sure sure well i mean what's the thing you struggled with recently yeah well i was gonna say in a dating context though Mm -hmm. it is kind of interesting to be like what would you change about yourself sure you're I also, do want to know their insecurities. I think that you're you have the <laughs> advantage of a woman's perspective of too many potential, especially online dating, like mm. getting a lot of interest that you can afford to have that type of a filter question. Mm. Whereas mm. if someone responds to me on an online dating app, that's a rarer thing if it's someone that I'd actually be interested in. So I'm tending to play it like get to the in-person meeting and then I can ask those filter questions. But like that's a major hurdle that I'm trying not to just scare people off even in the online phase. I feel like that is a common difference between men and women with mm. online dating, where men are more often than not trying to get to the in-person things so that they can begin the filtration process. Mm-hmm. And for women, it's like to even invest in 
often going on the first because date. Because they have so many opportunities from flooded inboxes, right? That makes a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah. They have to filter online and men have to filter in person. I think it's also sort of the the types of criteria that are more or less important to each gender. I mean, I think mm. men, I think not only does getting in person for the man let him know if he's like physically attracted to her, um, but it also, if he is, gets him closer to like shooting his shot. Whereas for women, it's like, we don't want to <laughs> shoot his shot. Shooting how, his how fucking literal, shot. How literal do you mean? Super that? literal. Okay. Coming into her vagina <laughs> and possibly creating offspring, God. like from a biological standpoint. I thought we were standpoint. talking metaphors here. Of like no, much closer to making a baby <laughs> if you're in person with someone than if you're still yeah. texting. Um, but for a woman, it's like, okay, I don't want to waste a bunch of time, like possibly, ha- probably having to reject this guy yeah. <laughs> in person. Yeah. And, and that's like uncomfortable. Woman, there's the added thing of you're responsible for the man's feelings. So you got to take that into account. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you mean I'm, by that? It's a, uh, a satire or irony. Uh, I'm, uh. I'm speaking sarcastically of many people feel that way. Yeah. Many women think that. So this is maybe an advanced joke for some of our <laughs> listeners, but you're not responsible for a man's feelings. Some people may make you feel that way and blame yeah. you and ask you to deal with their feelings. If they're hurt and feeling rejected, they may act like that's your problem that you have to take care of for them. It's not. It's okay to reject people. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Not that interested in doing it very often. Want to avoid it if possible. Try to filter as tightly as I can to avoid having to do that. Mm -hmm. But, but on the other hand, then it prevents me from like taking a chance on someone who might be a great fit for me just because I'm like, well, most often when I don't pre-select for like all these different filters, like I end up, you know, disappointed or just kind of getting exactly mm-hmm. what I expect in terms of that. Um, so, you know, thus ends our segue potentially into oh, online I, I dating a, a, gender differences. But please. What you just said, I think, is an important truth. Oh, uh, please tell me that I said something important. Yeah, you did. Um, Fuck yeah. Your ability to handle or your confidence in your ability to handle rejection mm-hmm. and rejecting others. Yeah is um, what allows you to experience more love and let it in. So if you're unconfident in your ability to be rejected and handle that feeling or reject others and detach yourself from that feeling of responsibility or guilt, then you will also experience less acceptance and less love. Mm -hmm. And um, so learning to love (laughs) is is also learning to let it go. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you love okay something, letting letting it go. Yeah. And learning to let go first may actually be like a better way to get there. Yeah. So. I mean, this is reminding me a lot of, you know, the, the way my last relationship unfolded. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to let that person go because I couldn't know. I couldn't tolerate knowing that our relationship was causing him so much pain. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was in pain too, but I was like shoving it away. Like I wasn't looking at it. I was going like, oh, this doesn't matter as much. Um, Minimizing but your own pain. <laughs> yeah, but it did. I was struggling in it too because I was so worried about taking care of this other person. Um, man, what a bummer. Yeah. I can relate to minimizing my own pain when mm-hmm. I witness somebody else's and 
think it probably goes back to certain episodes in each of our childhoods. Um, learning to take care of other people instead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'd like to share something that I told you just over breakfast on this. I would love I'm for you training to, do that. to uh, be a Zendo sitter at Burning Man, which is somebody who sits with people who are having a challenging experience out there. And um, specifically people who have uh, taken drugs and or, or just having a difficult emotional time and need someone to be mm-hmm. with them and help guide them through it or sit with them through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing my training this morning. One of the quiz questions was if somebody is curled up into the fetal position and says that they feel like they're about to explode, but they're worried they might hurt something, what is the proper reaction for you to give as their sitter? And um, one of them was like, tell them to contain themselves because they're a danger to themselves or others. <laughs> and then another, mm-hmm. the correct answer, according to this uh, education program, was um, to move objects away for them to create more space, ask other people to move if necessary, and let them explode and, and be bigger and express that uh, destructive or mm-hmm. angry feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really struck a chord with me when I imagine myself doing it. I was like, oh man, this is something that I wanted to do as a kid, as a teenager. Explode. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. ever, I can't, maybe football is like a, what I was supposed to channel that into, but I don't think I ever really connected my personal, I was kind of detached and thought it was silly mm-hmm. when they would try and work us up and to get angry mm-hmm. and like, you take it all out on the field, like punish them. <laughs> like, Whatever's happening in your personal life, channel that into hitting the other guy harder. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. That never. I, I always thought that that was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, no, I'm I'm doing a technical maneuver in football. Like, it's not mm. about anger at my parents or teachers or you know, it's yeah. they're not related in my head, and it felt strange to me that the coaches would try to ask us to do that. But now maybe I see some value in that. Yeah. I think I needed a different kind of container for that. Right. Right. And maybe one that wasn't so public and. Uh, involved with the other guys on the team that I didn't feel like my values aligned with in terms of like how they approached their relationships with women, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, pretty depressed, pretty uh, angry, a little underneath the depression probably um, in my, you know, angsty young teen years. Uh, and my eighth grade year was especially difficult. That was sort of when I started to be um, experiencing more severe depressive episodes. And that whole year was just so fucking frustrating. I, on a day when my parents were out, I gathered up, like at the, yeah, at the end of the school year, I gathered up all of my books and assignments and binders and papers from that year and I put them in a pile in the backyard and I got a metal baseball bat and working workers gloves and my boom box. And I just blared like teen angsty music and just beat the crap out of all of my all of these vestiges of mm-hmm. that year. I that was the most fun maybe I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. Again. <laughs> I was like ripping pages, throwing them in the air. Yeah. Like it was such a great expression of just like this all is over it's behind me i'm so angry with how it unfolded and i just want to like put it behind me and almost like by destroying it turn it into a completely different type of energy and like release some of that pent-up stuff that Mm -hmm. i had to bottle down in order to get through this year and i really haven't given myself the chance to explode like that 
um, you know, since I, I've tried other things for anger release that, you know, are good enough. They're okay, but they don't leave me as totally satisfied and relaxed as that did. I like that image. Yeah. You're doing that. I went at it for like hours. Yeah. <laughs> I was fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. I wonder what, uh, what are the, like, the mainstream solutions to this? I think that I've rejected some of them in rejecting, yeah. like, certain sports philosophies or mm-hmm. maybe martial arts, maybe, like, yeah. competition in general, I think, yeah. is a healthy outlet for aggression in a controlled, like, way that yeah. it doesn't hurt other people yeah. or hurts them in a way that they agree to. There are very there are very few like socially sanctioned mm-hmm. ways to get out your anger or aggression, mm-hmm. um, and it's that's so sad because it just builds up and it makes people ex- explode and do things that are yeah. really harmful. Hmm. Interesting. I'd like to d- delve further into this topic and make this an ongoing conversation. Oh, of course. About like how to develop it's a favorite a, topic of an mine. anger practice that is <laughs> yeah. constructive or that is destructive in a way that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Some some of the things I've done is I bought a foam, like big hammer. That's like a costume thing. And I just Mm -hmm. like, I whack my bed or my couch, anything that can take that type of abuse. Um, you can also rip like magazines, phone books, newspapers. Uh, what are other things you can like angrily journal? That's a little Mm -hmm. less, uh, violent. Um, Yep, I mean, try different things and see what's satisfying. Yell, sing really loud, stomp around. Let yourself throw a genuine tantrum because Mm -hmm. there is a kid somewhere in you that is still tantruming about something. Yeah. (laughs) And that will help that come out uh, rather than unconsciously inform decisions that you're making that you probably wouldn't Mm want to make based on a tantruming toddler inside of you. Um, But, yeah, sometimes I... uh, if I'm like in a pool or a body of water, you can like pound on it with your fists. Oh, that you feels can, great. Yeah, you yeah. can kick at like the waves I like at the slap beach. in the water. Yeah. Chopping, getting a big, big wall of it to come up in the air. Yes. Things where you can see the environment responding to yeah. your movement are really empowering. Yeah. Uh, David and I at Myrtle Beach would go out to where the waves break and punch them and yes. be uh, beach defenders. Beach defenders. <laughs> appoint ourselves as responsible for uh-huh. defending the beach from the waves I love and then that. go attack the waves to, to protect the beach. I think there's this, it's like part of the male upbringing society, like role that you yeah. were given the gender and culturation of like, you must defend. Yeah. You must be like, <laughs> you must protect. protect. <laughs> exactly. That's like what a hero, a, a male hero's value yeah. is. And so this is like the role that we were getting to act out. Uh, for a completely nonsense, it's very like Wayne Manor of us. Sorry, I'm getting into the weeds, but like, <laughs> <laughs> what's Wayne Manor? Tell the was, listeners. It was a satire of fraternity culture. It was. That's, it was that's what appealed less to us. Is like a satire. Mm, you weren't inside of it. You <laughs> there was. It was very. Here's what it was. It was a bunch of guys who wanted the benefits of a fraternity. The girls that came with that, the camaraderie, friendship, the closeness. Um, but we're uncomfortable with the um, the way that that appeared to them. Uh, well, the associations around it, maybe the way that it was like involved in 
rape culture or in mm-hmm. destructive bro broiness. And so there was this tension between like, how much do we actually buy into these things and how much are we making fun of them? Right, there was right. a lot of guys who were uncomfortable in their own identity that yeah. found each other <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did that together. So and like it, made a game out of like, I think I'm this thing, but I'm, yeah. I'm making fun of this thing too. Yeah. So it was basically a bunch of like uh, self-righteous, confused, is that right? Identity confused, um, little self-righteous, didn't want to be in fraternity culture where basically a fraternity functioned exactly the same way. I think it's a, <laughs> a that's a critical way of looking at it, which has truth in it, but it's not the entire story. Of course, of course there are individuals in it that represent that and they may be the most visible ones. Uh, this is my me defending college my college I know I'm forcing like you to do ago. that um, <laughs> I liked Wayne Manor I loved you guys I wish we hung out with you more I was in a sorority mm-hmm. um, and I was also in a another selective living group a selective living group yeah so Wayne Manor was what was called a selective living group yes um, which was like an alternative to Greek life but you know based Operated on kind of the same the principles same yeah yeah but didn't have like a national chapter or right. robes in a Greek letter right right yeah. um, okay I'm just busting your balls. You, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you want to say on those topics before we move on to the anger <sighs> and Greek life? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a topic I'd like to re-explore of at course. some point. I haven't like really revisited my college years in the way that I have my child. I'll work up to it. I think uh, I'm I'm going through childhood now and yeah. re-noticing things and d- d- discovering like what missed opportunities for growth there were. Yeah. What, I struggled with in particular, yeah. and like, I'll get to college. I think it's appropriate point. for us to be talking about college in this episode because it's uh, what our twentieth, twenty-first. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> sorry. So it's somewhere in there. It's in the college years. Yeah. It's in the collegiate years. Okay. So yeah, yeah, we're we're in college in this episode. Makes sense. Great. Um, I'm responsible for the lightning round in this question in this episode, though. Fuck yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we're gonna take a question from a sixteen-year-old. Start things. I love off. It's it. Close enough. Right? It's not like a question from a, to to the, whatever episode number we're on, the college. Oh. All right. This one comes from Admiral underscore meme vacuum. Uh, Admiral meme vacuum. Okay. How can a slightly overweight person find some perfect for him? Hello, I am 16. I am a guy and no girl finds me attractive. Mm. I know people will say for me to lose weight, but I have tried and it does nothing. I just would like to know, oh, sorry, I would, I just would like to how to get a girl's heart without breaking out obsession and discomfort towards them. Hmm. I have only gone on one date and she considered it a hangout in quotations. Uh, okay. I just need some advice. Okay. Lightning round, lightning round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So sounds like to me. This person is uh, feeling self-conscious about the way that they show up in a dating context and the response that they're getting from the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of pinning it on their weight mm-hmm. primarily or, or their appearance, maybe. Um, and concluding that no one's ever attracted to them. Or they said some sort of absolute statement like that. They've only gone on one date and she considered it a hangout. No, earlier than the question, it was like, no one finds me attractive. Yeah, I'm a guy and no girl finds me attractive. Yeah. yeah. So I would look at what 
is let's suspend disbelief for a minute and imagine that uh, you. I know, I know, I know. I'm so slow. I'm so slow. I'm sorry. Um, what is causing you to feel like you are, without a doubt, not attractive to anyone? Yeah. I mean, because that's a that's a that's a limiting belief you have about yourself. Right. Um, and I, 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 the reason I was hesitating is because I don't want to like go right into like, hey, you're totally wrong, because <laughs> that's not going to help anyone. Um, but you know, validating the emotion of like, yeah, it really sucks to feel repeatedly rejected, especially when you feel like, okay, it's this thing about me that either I can't change or it just lands me in a category that is women at this age that Mm -hmm. you're in too, maybe have a harder time seeing past or aren't as interested in pursuing a serious relationship. So they're not, you know, they're, they're going for the eye candy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shall we say? Um, I think that it's, of course you're going to want to go on dates and work on this part of yourself and feel accepted by the opposite sex. Um, but that also being said, it's unfair to you to hinge all of your opinion about yourself based on the attention you do or don't get from the opposite sex. So I would try to do an exercise of investigating. You're recommending exercise. I'm no, (laughs) That's funny though. Um, yeah. One sit up and then, (laughs) no, um, I would do an exercise where you pretend you're a potential female that's interested in you and see what you can Mm. describe, how you can describe yourself as Mm -hmm. someone who's attractive. Yeah. Because my guess is you see yourself as unattractive and then you walk into a situation where there are girls and you're already wearing right on your face. I think I'm unattractive and that's the energy that you're coming at it with. And so that's probably what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. So how, if you're not even sort of selling yourself as this person who has potential is attractive, has things to offer, how is anyone else going to see you that way? Yes. Um, my one line of advice, uh, read models attract women through honesty by Mark Manson. Mm -hmm. Uh, second line is what do you want in this situation? I think you want to be happy and you believe you'll be happier if you find connection, if you find someone perfect for you. Mm -hmm. This may be true. Um, There are other routes to getting there, but I understand that right now that it feels like an important piece that you haven't uh, yet experienced in your life, and I want that for you. Um, So how can you find somebody and make that connection. Well, there's two routes to that. There's increasing the range of people that you find attractive and worthy of connecting with. You may find that there are already people who are attracted to you who you did not previously consider worth uh, asking that question Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Um, So how can you do that more? I think you can uh, like other people more by practicing liking yourself more and uh, accepting your own flaws. Is as you practice that, you will find that the things that bother you about other people will start to fade away. So is there a girl that you think is too overweight for you to care whether she's attractive to you or not? As you become more comfortable with your own excess weight, you may not judge her as much for that mm-hmm. thing. Um, and this applies to beyond just that simple category of like, if you accept your weight, you accept somebody else's weight. You may also accept their... Um, Deeper traits. Yeah, their dishonesty or their whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um so that is a way uh, to expand your range of people that you like. 
And then another thing is uh, like yourself more to make yourself more attractive. Um, I think there's two ways about this. You can either lose the weight um, and specifically it'd be mostly dieting and then incorporating some regular movement. The way that exercise is taught to kids can often be like a punishment Mm -hmm. or some kind of uh, compulsory thing where they're pushed way too hard and they're not eased into it. Find your own edge for what feels like. And the the shitty thing is like as you start practicing this, it is going to hurt for the first couple weeks. Anytime you're going from uh, one routine to another, there's some friction, uh, some pain associated with like breaking what you're used to. So if you're living like mostly mostly you're sitting down and playing video games or studying or doing schoolwork and you start uh, moving around for an hour or more a day, that will initially kind of hurt. But please trust in the process that if you give it a couple weeks, it'll start to feel good and it'll be something that you crave. Same thing with food. If you're currently eating a lot of processed foods, things that are high in sugar, it's going to suck as you move towards more natural foods or eating uh, more healthy portion sizes or in a schedule that's better aligned, like stopping late night snacking, uh, sugary breakfast. And if you do all that, you will lose weight yeah. But it will take, it's going to suck for a couple of weeks. I'll admit that. And you have to just trust the process. You can look up your own diet routine. For me, when I was in third grade, I lost 20 pounds from quitting all desserts. It was helpful to have that kind of hard line. I'm just not doing this. Yeah. Um, and maybe one thing at a time. Yeah. It depends. You know yourself. You can either, maybe you're like, you're motivated by making an extreme resolution or you're an sure. incremental person who it's easier and try both maybe. And if one fails for you, then try the other. Um, the incremental method would be to like just uh, cut out one dessert one night a week and then the next week cut out you know two and then yeah. have like one cheat day a week eventually by the end of the month or something. That'd mm-hmm. be like an incremental way of doing it. Um, so you're recommending the, the weight loss route. program? If you are unhappy with the way your body looks, I think you should do both of trying to change mm-hmm. your body and trying to change the way that you think about yeah. your body. Yeah. Because um, then if either succeed, you win. Um, so accept <laughs> yeah. your body as it is more. And if you if yeah. it's if it's unhealthy, then I think it's good to try to change it. If you're already healthy and you're trying to change it to meet an unhealthy ideal, like whether that's gaining a lot of weight to be a sumo wrestler or, no, you know, people have different... As many 16-year-olds are <laughs> many trying are. and failing. That's actually the age that, yes, it yeah, is yeah, yeah. a critical, uh, important age for sumo wrestlers to yeah. enter the, um, the dojo competitions. Um, <laughs> the other option besides... The other option yes. is uh, getting more comfortable and seeing the uh, beauty of your body the way that it is. Yeah. And this will spur motivation for you to continue to do things to help yourself and Mm -hmm. to love yourself better, take better care of yourself. If you recognize yourself as someone who deserves that kind of love and that kind of treatment. Find uh, role models who resemble you in some, whether it's the shape of their body or the look of their face um, that you can identify with. Like, oh yeah, I kind of resemble that person. People who are confident and like themselves and have fun and, uh, who feel that they are worthy around other people start studying those people maybe listen to an interview of theirs yeah yeah maybe jack black i don't know that's just he's somebody who's very funny and self-possessed and i think very attractive to many people despite not having uh typical height and proportions of a you know chris hemsworth or whoever Mm -hmm. i was my mind went right to uh jonah hill Mm, because he's also always fluctuating in weight yeah yeah, he does fluctuate. Yeah. That's true. So maybe Seth Rogen then. Maybe <laughs> Seth Rogen. Yeah. <laughs> maybe someone a little healthier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure that these guys 
have had found their what's the uh, someone perfect for them at various <laughs> points in their life and been attractive yeah. and, and found women who find them attractive. Yeah. The only person that's really going to be perfect for you is you. So start working on that now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it also, I want to validate that it does feel important to get that type of acceptance from somebody. Of and I want that for you. Yeah. Yeah. It'll come. You won't yeah. be 16 forever. And you got to start giving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the long term resolve of this issue. Yes. Because otherwise you are just bouncing in and out of relationships trying to get that validation outside of you. Yeah. And I think right now, though, it, it's okay to seek that. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. It's always okay to seek yeah. it. It's just yeah. like, here's what you should expect. <laughs> Right. You may find once you get it that there's a uh, new relationship energy that wears off after a time and you're left with somebody who's got their own flaws and you're like, oh, wait, this doesn't complete me in the way that I thought that it did initially. Yeah. The high might wear off after dating someone for a little while and getting comfortable. Yeah. And then you have to actually accept their flaws and your own. Yeah. Yes. So. So it's better to date people as a complete person, as a starting point, who's done their own healing. but. Uh, I don't want to discourage. That doesn't count from... a lot of sixteen-year-olds. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Please give yourself some uh, leave, leeway and forgiveness yes. in this. Yes. Okay. Good luck. Do you have more for him? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Lightning round, even faster this time. <laughs> Couldn't be slower. <laughs> okay. Um, bird people. Okay, this is uh, from Casey Jones Seven. Bird people have read it. What are some ways I can keep my bird from screaming every time I leave the room? <laughs> It's okay. So they got a screaming bird. Okay. I've had my bird, Jinx, for a, a very long time. But only since I moved away has he started screaming like crazy. Unfortunately, I have to break rule one when trying to stop him screaming going into the room where he starts. This is because I live in, live in an apartment, and if he screams, he'll annoy the neighbors. So far, there's only one thing to stop him from screaming, and that's that putting it? him in the closet where it's dark. <gasps> I hate doing that, oh. that though, since it's cruel. Uh, well, I want to know if you already put a towel over him at night, because that's often that's what we we had birds. I had birds growing up. Yeah, um, great. You're a bird. People have read it. <laughs> I'm more of a bird person than a Reddit person, probably. Okay. Um, I'm more of a bird person in that I look like a bird, uh, but I've never personally cared for birds. My my birds in my house were my brothers. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, mine were technically my mom's. I didn't care for them that much. Um, But I was also very invested in them being quiet because I was always annoyed by them. Did they scream? They didn't scream, but any kind of chip-chapping was, like, annoying while I was trying to do my homework at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. Um, But so at night, we always had the practice of putting a towel over them. um, Yes. Because that sort of keeps them quiet at night, keeps it dark, whatever. Yeah, because we're always drying them off. They're always going down slip and slides without our permission. Um, So... That's a possible thing is you could either either to create a dark contained environment or to block out their vision of their their ability to see you. Yes. Um, but I, I do wonder if that's only a short term solution. I'm, I'm genuinely not sure you could scream back at them. I have no idea. I don't think that that would help. OK. I think that that's modeling to the bird that screaming is <laughs> how it gets what it wants. It's okay. the, the Casey Jones seven said that they know they're breaking the number one rule by going into the room, like basically uh, reinforcing uh, the behavior of screaming. Okay. So they recognize that they shouldn't do Indulging that. Indulging the scream. Yeah. That they're teaching it. This is how I get attention by screaming. Then the person will come. 
Yeah. So I think that you've already made a great recognition The towel there. is really the best of God. I want to I question, why is it cruel to put a bird in the dark? Doesn't the night do that every day? And is the earth cruel to birds by making them go into the dark for, for like 12 hours at a time? I don't think so, personally. I think it's just the associations of like, oh, I'm going to hide him in a small space. Like, mm-hmm. I think emotionally to us, that feels like, oh, solitary confinement. Isn't this confinement. bird caged anyway? Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's just your guilt. Yeah. Put the bird in the dark. A okay. You're not yeah. Free advice, seal of approval to put the bird in the closet. Put the bird in the closet. Lightning round. Done. <laughs> Next. Much quicker. <laughs> Good work. I think we nailed that one. Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, this one's from uh wannabe GL. How do I ask a girl her age casually? Nineteen year old male here. I got asked out by a girl while on shift, but she looks kind of young. I don't mind dating her, but I should probably figure out her age for, one, legal reasons, and two, it does matter to me. I just Mm. started texting her. I've never had a relationship, more so even message a girl. What should I do? Okay. Wow. All right. So congrats, first of all. Good job. You're in there. Yeah. Take a moment to just smile and enjoy. Here's somebody who's into you. Whether it works out or not. It's a great feeling. Yeah. So should we start with some joke answers or should we go right yeah, for yeah. a yeah. Okay. Don't be serious. Uh, definitely ask about what type of music she likes. Who's her favorite band? Why, why is that a joke answer? That seems like great advice. <laughs> is that a joke? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it could land you. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It's not funny. What I was mean, the joke? Explain to me the humor in that. Okay. Please. It's not that funny, but it was just basically like... Because my real answer is just ask her, obviously. Mm. But my joke answer oh, is oh, oh, try to zero in old. on it okay. through ask her pop culture is, references. Okay. Ask which I is know. her favorite Teletubby. That is... How, how old do we think this person is? Teletubbies is going to predate both of them. You're right. Yeah. I'm yeah. So what shows old. do you watch? You could try to zero in on it through yeah. Where were you isolating when the challenger her demographic. <laughs> She's fucking 40. That's even too old for us. <laughs> He's just wildly. <laughs> Wait, is she much age. older or much younger? <laughs> she's much younger. She's, much he's younger. Worried she's okay, younger. That's I think. what I thought. She looks kind of young. He says. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you. This is an. Do you okay go to thing the to movies ask. by yourself? <laughs> Do your mom? Does your mom take you? How is it when they're R-rated? Do you ever have any issues with that? <laughs> PG thirteen. You in, you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can ask a person's age. This comes up a lot. Yeah. In early conversations with people, there is like there's this cultural idea that you're not supposed to ask a woman's age, that that's rude to do. But I think that's just when they're older. Yeah. But some people over apply this to like, oh, a woman's never supposed to tell you her age. You're not supposed to ask. Fuck that. You yeah, can I think ask. that's silly. I, I think you're not supposed to judge or disqualify a person for them being too yeah, old. You that's don't that's be the ageist. insecurity that a lot of women have is that if they're over whatever number in their head, that then all of a sudden people like look at them as useless. Yeah. Um, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You're not useless whatever age yeah. you are. Um, some, but one some people are too young to be useful, yes. though. If you're zero yes. and you're trying to hook <laughs> up with somebody. You're not going to plow a field. Oh, useless yeah. romantically. Useless, like, I guess even Babies zero Babies probably don't suck no, their dick. <laughs> they, well, consider how they're practiced on the nipple. Ah. Their lack of teeth. I think there's a real argument to be made <laughs> for baby lachios. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, how nice the refrigerator stopped. Fantastic. Um, that hum is gone. Oh, wow. I bet it will return. 
let's just let's let's focus our energies back to uh, the situation here. What are we talking about? Okay, so uh, the other thing though, just as a woman, yeah. as a woman or a girl, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I also look young for my yeah. age. So I actually was self conscious about seeming too young around probably the age that this girl is. Um, but yeah, I think I still I don't think that changes anything. But it does mean you know it's okay to be sensitive to the fact that she might be self conscious about being younger than you or thinking oh is he going to think I'm not mature enough? Yeah, is he going to think I'm not experienced enough? Yeah. So ask directly and let her know that whatever the answer is, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can let her know where your head's at. The um, traditional or the common sense advice formula for determining whether it's okay to date a person is half of your age plus seven. So in this case, 9.5 plus 7 gives you uh, 16.5. So if she's 16 and a half and you're 19, then it's okay to date. And if she's below that, it's not. Obviously, there are exceptions to this rule. There are 17-year-olds that would not be okay for you to date. And there are probably 15-year-olds that you would have a great relationship if it were legal where you are. There's a a lot of variation variation and maturity around this time. Yes. So um, while the age can be a good general guideline, I think... The most important thing is whether the relationship is constructive or destructive to its participants. And um, if there's a massive imbalance in maturity then or, or power, um, then it can be destructive to one mm-hmm. or both of you. And that's something that you should try to avoid. But if you feel like you can have some type of a partnership, you don't have to be equal on all things. You'll, each of you will probably be more developed than the other in certain ways. Um, but if there's a rough uh, equality in power, um, and maturity, then I think go for it and observe your local laws. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too, is that if she does feel too young for you to date, you could still be friends. I mean, you can, you can have an honest discussion about, Mm -hmm. okay, given that I'm a little uncomfortable, like dating you at the moment. Yep. Let's develop our friendship and, and see where it goes. And you can admit to this person that you're attracted to them, but you yeah. don't want to pursue any kind of physical relationship because either it's illegal or because you, you can say those things too. And that's, some people may judge that, but I think that that's a healthier way to deal with it than trying yeah. to deny yourself or deny your expression. Yeah. Uh, we at Free Advice are keeping our fingers crossed that she's at least 17 for you, bud. Yes. Good luck. Yeah, I guess it totally depends where you live. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Doesn't it? Age of consent in some states is 16. Yeah. Sometimes there's like a, the person has to be this many years older for them to count. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's crazy if a boyfriend and girlfriend are 18 and 17 and when one of them turns 18 that all of a sudden it becomes illegal. Yeah. 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 I think 17 and 19 is like pretty acceptable but i, I would think based on it where a 19 year old is it does of course but i mean in general i do think based on where you are in your life and the things you're trying to accomplish yeah. at 19 are very different than 16 say mm-hmm. uh potentially not but i don't know i just learned about uh conservatorships for uh adults with down syndrome oh and how um they will legally often be assigned a cons- conservator mm-hmm. who decides for them when it's like basically gives consent for them to have sex with other people. Like the conservators will agree that, okay, it's okay for our adult conservatives, whatever the word is. I'm I'm still learning. So they can only have sex with each other. Um, Their conservators have to consent to it for them. They have to decide that like, and establish the boundaries of like, this is okay for them. And this is not. Um, But what if it's one person with down syndrome and one normative 
person. That's something the the conservator works out with the uh, okay. neurotypical person. Neurotypical. Yeah. Okay. Um, or getting married, dating, like whether they're allowed to be boyfriend girlfriend. All of these things are worked out by. What is Wade? It's, I guess that depends on the individual. We I gotta mean, bring a guest on that's a conservator. It, w- it would be great. I could probably get us a, a hold of one. Um, Fuck yes. Yeah. Let us know if you are interested in this idea. I mean, we might do it anyway, or we might never do it. But you know, if we had some mm-hmm. some feedback about if this is interesting to you guys, I think it is. Great. I think, I think most it is too. Know about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's gonna okay. be our first official guest on Free Advice. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, next lightning round uh, question. How can I? This one comes from Ola underscore soy underscore Dora. <laughs> hey, Dora, what's up? Hey. How can you tell if someone brushed up against you on purpose or accident? <laughs> I'm at work ah. and someone came in as like a tobacco sales rep. I was in front of a safe trying to pull money and saw him about to walk past me. So I moved and gave him enough room. Once I moved, I turned my attention back to the safe, and I felt his forearm just brush up my thigh to butt. He, oh. said, he said sorry, but it felt like one of those sorries you say when you have to, but don't mean it. We looked at the camera. It looks like it can pass off as an accident, but I don't believe it. Everything in me feels like it was on purpose. Uh, wait, okay. How do you imagine them standing? So I imagine her standing, and then someone's like below her? Like going, bending down to like brush her thigh with their forearm. Oh, their forearm's down. Yeah, I assume he's walking past and his forearm oh. brushes her thigh up to her butt as he's moving. I can't tell you how many dicks I've accidentally slapped just like power walking down the street. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. I could see both sides of this real clear. Yes. Um, I think the important thing is how you feel about it. Not in terms of like getting justice. There probably won't be any punishment for him. If he repeatedly does this, then I, yes, I think that you need to. You got to start building that file. Right. Um, (laughs) But you don't know. This is an ambiguous situation and their intention does feel like it matters a lot. Um, Yeah in terms of whether this feels violating or not. I, I think yeah. it does to me at least. And the fact that you moved specifically to be clear away for him yeah. and then there was still that seemingly unnecessary point of contact. Yeah, it feels skeevy and I'm sorry that that happened to you. Yeah, me too. Ugh. Um, and that's just an uncomfortable place to kind of like be touched when you're not expecting it too. Yeah. It feels, yeah, it feels so violating. That's a good word for it. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, I see value in interpreting an ambiguous situation as as benign as possible, just to ease yourself of that negative emotion. Yeah, can but feel minimizing. You have to be, yeah, you have to be honest with yourself about. I think you're saying that it, you, you're deeming this as on purpose, and um, based on the emotional to- yeah. tone of the apology, too. Yes, I mean, of course, that's subjective, it, right? But yeah, I mean, it's part of the equation. I would talk to whoever is kind of either a close friend at work or your immediate superior, just someone you feel comfortable with mm-hmm. that at least you know is going to have your back and have your best interest at heart in yes. giving you the advice. Someone who knows you, someone who might have had exposure to this person in the past, uh, and someone who's going to make you feel ultimately like heard. Yes, I think that's the most important thing is that this isn't something that you're carrying around, not talking. I think it's great that you posted this online. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's important that you feel heard and understood and validated by somebody who's especially at the workplace. Yes. That uh, understands that this is a shitty feeling and this sucks to deal with and isn't going to try to tell you, ah, just like get over it. Ah, it's that could be very harmful. So um, try to find a person that you trust to do that. Um, If you don't have anyone like that at your workplace, it may not be a very healthy place to work, but a lot of people have to take jobs like that anyway. A therapist would be a, a person who's qualified to talk to these feelings about. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Hope it doesn't happen again. Yes, same. And if it does, then I think you can uh, conclude with more certainty that it was intentional and then seek uh, someone to intervene to like get this person to respect you more and, and state to them your boundaries. Uh, you don't need an authority to do that for you to say you are not allowed to this touch This is me. inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, one more lightning round question. Uh, Nugget Faces one two three says, "What should I watch? I'd prefer it to be a movie, but I don't mind series. I do have access to Netflix, and okay. I like comedies. Just and one Netflix. Actions. Watch that one. <laughs> I do uh, have access to Netflix. Sorry oh, okay. if I misspoke. Oh, okay. And I like comedies and actions. Comedy and action. Comedies and actions. Well, I was thinking." If I could suggest something that would fall into both of those categories. An action comedy? Yeah. Lucky number 11. Great. That comes to mind. That okay. was fun for me. Okay. I don't think I know any other action. I don't know. That's I'm not the one. very. Uh, yeah, that's the only one I know. No, I don't even know that one. I'm not okay. really big on movies. I'm trying to think now uh. what would be a series maybe that I could recommend. This is definitely not prefer my strong a movie. suit. Okay. Oh, we'd prefer a movie. I'd prefer it to be a movie, but I don't mind series. This was a very short question, uh. and that's one of the only statements in it. <laughs> You were so busy working on that Netflix joke. <laughs> you missed the Don't worry. That crap just pours out of me. I don't have to do any work. It's okay. Our subscriber number really jumped when you lent that singer. <laughs> um, okay. Comedy and action. Boy, do I ever not know any recommendations for this. Okay. Um, Game Night was a funny comedy. I don't know if that's on Netflix, mm. but that's one of the straight comedies that I saw recently that I really enjoyed. Um, action movies that I enjoy. I really enjoy Quentin Tarantino's action movies. Mm. Um, Django Unchained was both very funny and uh, had great action in it for me and a compelling story. And I liked the world that was built. Um, those are some things that I can think of that you might enjoy watching. I would also potentially, I don't even, I don't remember the name of these things, but I used to work in independent film and we were working on a, uh, basically a, a movie recommendation and social platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things like that. So you could look around the internet to find like movie suggestion engine or yeah. something. Flickster, I think. Is yeah. One. Something that will recommend it based on like you can movies. limit it based on genre, yeah. how you want to feel maybe, you know, even previous movies that you've liked. Yeah. 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 Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Cause I know that Netflix's recommendation engine is pretty mediocre. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, we know you're avid listeners, but mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it just feels like they are not on my wavelength. Yeah. Maybe the movie 300 I could recommend. Uh, that was a good action movie. It's got a lot of cool shots and cinematography in it. Great. Not particularly funny. <laughs> but you might not get both in the same movie. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually enjoyed that was like action and I kind of delighted in it. thought what? it was fun time. Aquaman. Hmm. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I went to see it. No expectations. I was in there. I was in it. I was into it. 
Um, the Lego movie. Oh, I there you was go. Very good. It's a great one. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Knight. If you haven't seen that, maybe my favorite action film. Wow. I don't often consider it action, but it, it is. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, my favorite action movie. Yeah. Uh, is District B13. Mm. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's French. Okay. It's real weird. Okay. But it's also delightful. Cool. So if you're into reading subtitles or you don't mind reading subtitles, it could be a good choice. Great. All right. Um, are you ready to move on to uh, our big question? Definitely. I the do not have anything cleared. else to say about comedy or action movies. Okay, great. <laughs> um, all right. This one is kind of in the college years, as is our theme. Oh, we're, fabulous. We're approaching uh, late adolescence in yeah. this episode. That's yeah. kind of a theme. Well, for we, were, we definitely did the mm-hmm. adolescence sort of coming of agey thing last episode. So I feel like this is a nice transition. Ooh, okay. It's actually just post college, it seems like. Okay, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> star underscore site okay. asks, how can I become a nicer person? Ooh. I feel I used to be sweet to everyone in high school, but at the cost of being a bit of a doormat. Mm. Uh, in college, I had an epiphany that I was squelching my feelings in order to come off as sweet and cool-headed. Mm. Parentheses, but a wreck inside. Uh, I decided that day to let my emotions run free and not back down to others. Problem is, I let all those emotions out, but they mostly ended up being negative, angry feelings. I feel I now callously speak my mind to almost everyone. I've hurt strangers and close friends. I hate being this way. Mm. I feel that I'm driving everyone away from me, and I'll end up alone if I can't fix myself. Mm. It's been a few years, and I'm searching for advice or books on how to balance myself. I can't go back to just swallowing how I feel, but I can't keep being so awful. I'm searching for that balance of speaking softly and carrying a big stick, if you will. (laughs) Never heard that one, but sure, I will. You haven't? No. Are you serious? Are you serious right now asking me if I'm serious? No, I've never heard. I'll finish the question. Any and all advice welcomed. (laughs) I didn't really need to read that last line, but I just... Wow, yeah. Let's talk about... You've never heard of uh, speak softly and carry a big stick? No. I'm going to mess this up. It was one of the Roosevelt's. Um, it was like the U.S. Uh, motto for foreign affairs for a long time. <laughs> it was like uh, it's one of those. I don't know what's like manifest destiny was one. Yeah, or, sure. Um, yeah, I get uh, it. Please define spe- okay, it. So to speak softly and carry a big stick is like um, let it be known that you have power, but don't like yell it don't don't act aggressively towards other people but show that you're capable of it i see like it's it's the right balance of um big dick energy and mm -hmm. restraint but but not flashing right yeah right okay yeah so i certainly don't advocate ever for squelching your feelings bottling them up holding on to them they need to be expressed somehow i think it's great that you had that epiphany in college yeah and that you probably overshot the the mark of what's healthy to express to other people but you maybe had to do that to just stop being such a doormat and the other thing too is you don't really know how your expressions are impacting people even if they're telling you oh my god how could you say this to me this is the worst thing in the world um if you change your behavior from being a doormat to expressing how you feel you do risk disappointing people and hurting their feelings. Yes. And that is some extent of that is okay. 
It is. And it's great to, to care and try to minimize unnecessary pain of in course. other people. But as you change, as you go from being the... Uh, people want you to be a doormat. The people that you were around as a doormat and that you were close with and you worked in a good relationship with at that time in your life are probably going to struggle with following you into this new phase where you are not just being walked over. Yeah. And that's the sad cost of personal growth is that it involves leaving some relationships that you really care about behind or just like renegotiating them and finding different boundaries and a different um, way of relating to those people that yeah. might mean talking to them less or seeing them less. Yeah. So that all being said. But it's worth it. I th- Yeah, totally. And I think that there are some healthier things that we can suggest or maybe just more more beneficial things, individual practices that you can do to express any negative feelings, disappointment, mm-hmm. anger, rejection, uh, a handful of others. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Here's what I'm learning and uh, attempting to practice more yeah. over this year as I come into knowing the anger that I feel um, you don't have to express it in the moment to the person that is causing it in order to, you don't always have to, you can, and that's an option that is good to have tried and know what that feels like. And it can be very productive, but sometimes if you don't have an accompanying request for that person, it can be healthier to find somebody who you can vent to about that person. Um, Picking that the right person is complicated and you don't want to become someone who just uh, talks shit about people behind their backs and never expresses to them what you'd like to see differently. But um, a therapist can be a great person, a uh, emotional support group. For instance, I'm in one called Everyman. There are plenty of uh, talk therapy, emotional support groups like that where it's focused on like feel the feeling that you're having of anger about somebody and express it. Get up, yell, spin, punch a pillow. Um, journaling can be a great one. Writing yes. somebody a letter that you don't yep. send to them where you that's say what exactly say. what you want to say. Yes. That's a, a healthy way. And you may find, oh, I said eight things to them and two of them would actually be helpful for them to know and they may hurt, but there is like some request or yeah. limit that I am setting on that person yeah. that I can express this in a way that they are more likely to hear it. But it's important to do that first step of getting it out for yourself so that you can feel yes. it and you can see it. Yes. I think it's really important to give yourself permission to just dump out all of your feelings you know, in a contained environment where it's just you reading it, like a letter mm-hmm. or one of the things that I tried recently that I found profoundly and surprisingly helpful what? was just recording myself talking, yeah. just a recording a voice note, yeah. even more so than just talking out loud to myself. There was something about that added imagined listener mm-hmm. that gave it a whole different tone and really set up a great container. And so anyway, so the idea is that you allow yourself to dump all this stuff out without filtering, Mm -hmm. just giving yourself permission to drop it and let it come out of you. And then worrying about, okay, what are the productive things to call out? What can I actually, you know, kind of change the tone of and communicate in a way that would productively benefit the relationship? Yes. And that way, when it does come out, you've already dumped all of the emotional baggage. So those things aren't coming out as spears through your words, attacking that person that have the potential to be more hurtful. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're getting communicated and you're not just internally going, oh, I wish this relationship were different or why didn't I say this to them or that to them? Because those things 
what they end the energy of them ends up being if you hold on to them i'm not worth bothering communicating with this person i'm not worth getting my needs met when you don't take those steps to advocate for yourself and when that piles up you are just steeping in being a doormat then you're back to high school back there i feel you you do not want to go back to that place It feels extra crappy when you know what you're doing is something that you yes. used to do and you're regressing. Yes. That can be There really is hard. a middle path between these two things and you can find it and you will probably overshoot in each direction yeah. on your attempts along the way. Yes. That's okay. Don't give up on it or yeah. uh, feel like you have to surrender to just being either a doormat or an asshole. Yes. You can be a person with a proper amount of self-respect who uh, is firm with people and loving. Yes. And occasionally you will still get taken advantage of. And occasionally you will still have outbursts that people Mm -hmm. won't like. But it's important to not allow those momentary experiences to color how you see yourself in general. Yes. You are still a complete worthwhile person with those momentary discomforts. Mm Mm-hmm. And And each time that you feel that discomfort, some kind of pain from being taken advantage of or hurting another person, that is an opportunity to learn something. It's an opportunity to grow. Write down how it feels and what led up to that feeling. Yeah. And then you can look for patterns as you reread next time. Oh, did that happen again? Was I taken advantage of again in a, a way that reminds me of, let me look back at my journal from three months ago when there was a similar situation. Oh, shit. I'm becoming a little bit too much of a doormat. What's the underlying thing? Is it like... Oh, um, maybe issues surrounding food. Am I not respecting that I need to eat a certain way or a certain amount and I'm giving too much of my food away to other people? Okay, then this is a specific topic that I can grow from. Having that record will be helpful for you to identify those triggers for you or the things that cause you to get taken advantage of or hurt other people. I want to say a couple more things. Uh, Similarly to keeping a record or a Mm -hmm. journal or some kind of document that you can refer back to, having an accountability buddy, somebody who who you trust, like a close friend or a family member that you feel like, okay, this person has experienced me in a variety of contexts. I can trust them to report honestly on how this or that is affecting them. Uh, This person can be a valuable resource to run things by. Did you think this was too much? Was that okay? And they will often be able to provide you with a less biased account than the what can be a kind of a dramatic narrative that you're calling up in your head about like, Oh, I'm always all bad or all good. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, there was something else I wanted to say. Valuable friends. Yes. Super valuable. And then you can also, uh, remember that, excuse me, I touched the table. You can also remember that, like you, these people that you are bumping into and having interactions with are having their own journeys of post-personal growth or not, or whatever they're doing. They're collecting their own evidence about what kind of person are they and how do they want to change how they're interacting with people, what works, what doesn't. And if you report honestly to them how they are, their behavior makes you feel that's evidence for them. Yep. That's something for them to think about. You're not only burdening them or making them uncomfortable by revealing your honest response to them. Mm-hmm. You are providing them with a data point. Data. Mm-hmm. Your truth is a gift. Yeah. Great. 
Fuck yeah. I think we nailed that question. Do you have more to <laughs> Boom, say? Done. No, I, <laughs> no I'm good. Okay. I'm excellent. Cool. Well, guys, Whew. this was free advice. Um, I think a pretty powerful episode. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yeah, sure. Yeah, how, so. do you, how do you think we did on our scale of 1 to 10? Uh, 85 out of 100. 85 out of 100. Yeah. So you didn't want to use Could've my scale. You wanted to say you didn't want to say eight point five. No, fuck your shit. I'm uh, yeah. great inflation over here. Yeah, I, yeah. 8. I also. 5, I don't care. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, Zero point eight five out of one. <laughs> uh, can you keep the moving the decimal point around? I don't think I get it yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I don't feel as loose as I sometimes do. Yeah. But also, generally, I've noticed a trend of me like not feeling as loose, not feeling as comfortable feeling like heavy when we start this and i do not know why is that all right it's just a different type of episode but like yeah i don't think that it has to be light every time and full of giggles there were some good giggles if you if you got through this episode not giggling write us we'll send you a prize (laughs) we'll send you a half an hour of invented rob stand-up and you can giggle your face off wait what yeah rob's gonna just wing a 30 minute piece of stand-up for you oh okay um yeah write us and morgan will send you her, uh, her socks oh you're just offering shit for me yeah yeah Wait, no i have it i get to offer my own shit here's i'm gonna okay. set a boundary with you okay. you don't offer services of rob to our podcast <laughs> listeners rob offers rob services you can offer your socks up as much as you want i'm sure there are some lovely people on the internet that would pay up to 80 dollars for your socks <laughs> Even dirty. Don't don't even wash them. Rob is referring to a specific experience we had. Morgan and I were trying to get Burning Man tickets on Craigslist last year, and this the like only response that we got to our ad was, "Hey, uh, is the girl selling her socks? I don't mind if they're dirty after that week in the desert. I'll give you eighty bucks for her yeah. socks." And that's the story of how I missed out on making eighty bucks. Yeah, that was a Truly bummer. Sad. I yeah. should have taken advantage of that. I still could. You probably could hit them up and be like, "Hey, how have you been this last year?" Boy, do I have you a sock are. for you. <laughs> Great. Okay. It's sweaty. It's dusty. (laughs) It's stinky. Yeah. Missed opportunities, but fun, fun adventures and memories. So, you know, just think about that. If you ever find yourself like your truth is you want somebody's sock and they have (laughs) a post online. Yeah. Don't do this in a way of like, I know where you live and I'm coming for those socks, whether you like it or not. But just asking for what you want and saying, hey, I'm willing to pay $80 for your socks. That could give somebody a really funny story. If you're not attached to whatever reaction you get, if you're not so attached to having those socks and putting them in your mouth, I assume is what you're going to do with those socks. (laughs) If you're not so attached to that outcome and you just let it, you know, give it up to the universe, your truth, that's created a great story for me and Morgan to bond over and then to share on our podcast as kind of a little light accoutrement for the uh, denouement at the end of uh, it's something French. (laughs) Coup de gras. Souffle. Foie gras. gras. (laughs) For the end of our podcast, to tuck you all into bed, make sure that you've brushed your teeth. And then we're going to do some naughty sock bucket puppet theater. Sock bucket theater? Listen. (laughs) I aired. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You still accept me? I do. I do. Cool. Cool. I want you to tuck yourself in. Get nice and comfy. Don't put too many pillows under your head. If you're sleeping on your back, one is enough. <laughs> you don't want to minim- you don't want to lose all of your gains that you've been working on at the gym. You want to maximize your gains.